I wish I could play like the other kids, but I have asthma. I'm afraid if I play, I'll get breathless. It's a bird! It's a plane! Superman! Kids with asthma don't have to sit out the good times. Now there's a fun self-help kit from the American Lung Association called Super Stuff. Every Super Stuff kit full of games and puzzles comes with information that helps kids and parents learn about asthma. Follow your doctor's orders and get some coaching from Super Stuff. Contact your American Lung Association. So this old guy walks into confession and he sits down and he says to the priest, um, like 80, he's like, you know, Father, uh, my wife of like 60 years passed away about a month ago and I moved into a retirement home and I'm having sex with everybody in there, like morning, noon, and night, all these different women, different sizes, shape, and race, and each and every time I make love to a different woman, the memory of my wife fades more and more. And the priest looks at him and says, well, my son, you're going through a grieving time. I understand. And the Lord understands. And it's to be expected. Say 20 Hail Marys and 20 Our Fathers and all is forgiven. And the gentleman looks at the priest and says, well, I can't do that. The priest says, why not? He goes, well, because I'm Jewish. You know, I don't even know what those prayers are. And the priest says, then why are you telling me? And the old man says, because I'm telling everybody. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And I'm happy. <laughs> now I'm not suffering from depression at all. That joke made me feel so much better. Thanks, Jacques. Um, so, Joe, quick question. So, first of all, to start the show, yes. we would like to thank our friend Tracy, our, our, our beloved clown fun bags, for coming on and doing Sideshow last week. Yes, thank you so much, Tracy. Uh, you uh, brought so much more to the podcast than either of us could ever imagine to bring, ever. The story about her going through the the Dunkin' Donuts, and and the two stories about one person getting for, so freaked out just throws coffee on her, yep. and the other story about the, the one woman who you know sees them, and she's with her, her niece, who's also dressed as a clown, and knows that there's another girl working there, and it's going to scare the shit out yeah. You got to come to the window and see these two clowns. The poor woman didn't have any idea that she was going to see two literal clowns. clowns. She was assuming you and I were going through the drive through. Yeah, or right. Like. So that was great. Joe, quick question. What's that? Why the fuck do we prepare for a podcast? You prepare? <laughs> so, you know, to, to pull down the curtain here, uh, breaking out the fourth wall, Joe and I talk a couple times during the week. We go back and forth with ideas, and usually sometime late Friday afternoon or sometime early Saturday, I'll send a rundown to him, or he'll send a rundown to me, and we'll make some edits and kind of have an idea, a loose idea, you know, like our women. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, ladies, an idea about what we might talk about. But uh, we, we, there's no point in doing it. There's no fucking point in doing it. Because uh, this past week, and I joked about it, uh, about a half hour after I send Joe like my take on the rundown, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good show. Well, not a good show. We don't do yeah, good shows. What's but, that? But a, a pretty button-down show. This is what we're going to talk about. Uh, a half hour later, Rice Previous, you know resigns, I'm quite sure, completely on his own, and then about an hour after that you find out, like Mooch, um, to quote Seth Meyers, the human embodiment of a pinky ring gets served divorce papers from his wife. And it's like, that's the whole show right there. You could talk about either one of those aspects. And then, this morning... It wasn't that unexpected, but uh, you know, one of my favorite patriots of all time, Rob Nikovich, retires. Which will, well, well, don't worry, we'll get to plenty of Pat's talk in a little bit. But it's like all these things happen in like the past, you know, twenty four, forty eight hours, and it's funny because. I had said that when I sent it to Joe. It's like, yeah, I think the show's pretty much set, but we're still five Trump life cycles away of awful before Sunday. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, yep. But uh, but seriously, thank you again, Tracy, and any friends of Tracy who are accidentally still listening to us because they hit subscribe or they hit like or or Tracy said to listen to us. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Tracy, you were awesome. We would love to have you back because I, I, I truly don't think we just take my place. Honestly, <laughs> just take my place. I, I don't belong here. 
That, and I think that's been stated clearly. <laughs> well, if you don't belong here, I don't belong here. So oh, no. uh, right, what, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> which which both listeners are asking. Uh, yeah, let's let's dive into it, Joe. Yeah, John McCain. I don't get him, and, and not like in the way that I don't get the far side. <laughs> I just don't understand him because yeah, you. Okay, so he is a war hero. Agreed. He has been the maverick of the Senate so to speak. He's been, you know, a very likable person when he's not running for president with... Uh, oh, agreed. Agreed. When he used to go on Letterman all the time. Yeah. So And John Stewart. He, he was like a darling of John Stewart. Like, while he was running for president, when he was way back in the pack, early, early in that election cycle uh, primaries, he was like seventh or eighth, eighth or ninth in the depth chart about, you know, percentage of getting the nominee from the GOP. And he was going on Jon Stewart all the time. And he was truly hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And so so he he comes down with a brain tumor that he has to have removed. And, you know, immediately all the nice people say, you know, wish them well, they tweet their, you know, their 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 best wishes for him, and he, you know, makes a very speedy recovery to uh, make it back to the uh, Senate in time to vote on whether or not they are going to repeal and replace uh, Obamacare, and he becomes the deciding vote in the initial uh, vote to... Yeah, let's let's talk about repealing Obamacare. So right after that, they're like, "Oh, John McCain, you let us down again." You know, we thought you were going to be the maverick Republican senator from Arizona that you've always been. But then he gives us big. He, he votes no. Oh, I'm sorry. He vote. He votes yes to repeal. Uh, to repeal. He, he voted yes to continue um, to bring it to the floor. They yeah. had to have a vote to bring it to the floor. Yeah, and then so, but then afterwards, he gives this great impassioned speech about how. We really have to take a look at health care in this country and really have to have a, a bipartisan discussion about, you know, taking away uh, some of the things that don't work with Obamacare. But that vote didn't really lean in that direction. So then the, uh, the GOP decide to get Obamacare off the table and to strip 20 million people of their health care as fast as possible so the rich can get that that uh, extra tax break that they're looking for they decide to cobble together the most slapdash repeal now replace question mark bill in the senate to just push this along to get obamacare at least off the table and then lo and behold john mccain comes in with an emphatic no um, uh, by the way among two other republican senators who don't have penises, who uh, aren't considered heroes for some reason. Who, who, who truly... So John McCain has taken some shit from his party. He's taken some shit from his party for voting it down, but not overtly. On the other hand, the two women who had the balls from day one to say... Ironically. Not, yes, who were the real champions from that side of it, had said... Like the the senator from Maine, Collins, who was like, "No, my state can't take this hit on Medicare." A lot of people, like Maine, happens to be an older retiree state, because a lot of younger people who can get out of Maine too, but they 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 rely on the Medicare and the Medicaid. And she was like, "No, my state can't take this." She was voting no from day one, and she, um, there was a congressman. I'm trying. I'm blanking on his name. It doesn't matter because he's a douche. Said. Not on a hot mic that he didn't know was on, not like reported secondhand. He goes on a radio station and said if she was a man, he would ask her to step outside and handle this uh, Aaron Burr style. Wow. <laughs> and, for, and, and, for, and for those people who aren't history buffs, uh, Aaron Burr and Hamilton, who, was, um, who they had run – Against each other for governor at one point, and then Hamilton was the. Um, Who's Hamilton? I'm not familiar with that person. <laughs> He's not popular <laughs> in they culture could right only now. Only write a play, <laughs> but but uh, Aaron Burr and Hamilton fought to a duel in which Hamilton died. So this congressman, again, suggests getting a gun and shooting a U.S. senator. Now, granted. They put a funny historical spin on it, but he's still advocating shooting a a female senator. Yep. But doesn't get any shit for it. I mean, I don't know how that's not a threat. And then on the other hand... The, the, I'm blanking on her name. The one from Alaska, the senator, I apologize for blanking well, on her name. Well, if you don't know, I'll ask her. <laughs> oh, shut up. Just shut up. 
I wish I had a door slamming sound effect so I could just mimic me. Murlowski. Murlowski. She was saying that she was going to vote no all along. And Trump, in a very Trumpy and bullyish way, says, well, he's going to pull all federal funding from the state of Alaska. You can't make threats because somebody's not voting your way. And maybe you can make threats behind closed doors or maybe you make a phone call. But it's, it's again, it's witness intimidation. It's obstruction. Whatever you want to throw in there, it's all of that. But he publicly goes out and he threatens the entire state if she doesn't vote the way that they want her to. I don't remember anybody saying they're pulling all federal funding from 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 Arizona because he voted that way. But isn't this all sort of just posturing for his his ongoing re-election campaign? And that's because tweets aren't legislation. They don't stick they only stick in the minds of their voters and his base. Well, that's it. I mean, he's uh, speaking of his tweets. Like, uh, you know, he is three for three this week. He, he three different times in the past, like you know, week, he's gone out and he's given these speeches on behalf of his agenda in front of large crowds. That those large crowds then had to turn around and distance himself. He he. In front of the Boy Scouts Jamboree, the Boy Scouts had to turn around and issue an apology. You know, what the president says isn't what the Boy Scouts stand for. Wow. Then he, you know, uh, basically, well, not basically, at a in front of a big police union. And the Boy Scouts, by the way, only very recently allowed to have gay headmasters. Right. So they're not the most progressive people. And when they're telling you, you're you're a little too much for you. That's like, you know, that's like Ace Freely saying you're wearing too much makeup. <laughs> but but. He he does. He, he, he gives a speech in front of the Boy Scouts. They have to apologize. He, he comes out against transgenders in the military, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff say, wait a minute, you know, because I forget how many, the, the 25, you know, thousand U.S. service people who, this guy's a draft dodger, these people join and they're serving abroad. They're serving in wars. They've, you know, they've, they've been killed in the line of duty. And again, these aren't, this isn't policy. This is just sort of planting seeds and getting a narrative going that gets the topics right. off, gets the light away from Russia but gets but, the light right. away from all of this stuff but but the three for three the Boy Scouts had an issue apology the Joint Chiefs of Staff come out and say wait that's not policy we're not changing anything and then the third one is he gives a speech in front of the police union saying, when you arrest somebody, if you think they're suspicious of something, and you put your hand over the head, putting them in the car so they don't bash their head, don't be so careful. Feel free to bash them in the head. And the police union, the heads of the police union come out and issue a big statement saying, our officers are trained in procedures or how to handle suspects. They, but that's another thing. The heads of these places are issuing apologies because they're doing damage control on the PR side, let alone the hundreds of people who applauded and cheered the instant he said those comments and agreed with them. Right. So he, his base about 34, 35%, because he's polling at 34, 35%. Before we get on the Trump crash, uh, with McCain, getting back to McCain, so these, and the, and the two women who were brave enough to, sit, to go against the party and do the right thing, here's, here's my question. Is he a hero or is he grandstanding? Because he could have said two days, 48 hours before the vote happened, he could have voted no on bringing it to the floor, and it would have died then. But for 48 hours, all the people who were afraid of losing their insurance had two more sleepless nights and, and the protest and all that stuff. But here's my take on John McCain. Yes, a war hero. Yes, very appreciative of him doing this. You know, you can put in the category of a broken clock being right twice a day, you know. So you, yeah. you, you vote on 100. Isn't that on Trump's desk, <laughs> that saying? Now, Joe knows this, and, and our four listeners might not know. I found God in 1977. No, I'm sorry. Star Wars came out in 1977. And the most feared person to me in the rest of the world for the next decade, the most evil person, is Darth Vader. I mean, to this day, when you hear the Emperor March, you still kind of get that chill. You know, the, the, the last five minutes of Rogue One, or the last two minutes of Rogue Spoilers. One. Spoilers. When you see him. <laughs> you think the movie came out a goddamn year ago, if they haven't seen it by now. Um, I know, it's on Netflix now. It's like, okay, come on. Which, don't jump ahead to my Netflix pick Oh, of the shit. But, but, so Darth Vader comes out, scary as shit, horror, you know, in The Empire Strikes Back, where, you know, he turns over Han to, you know, Boba Fett and, and, you know, all that stuff. And then Return of the Jedi, I mean, he cuts off his son's hand in Empire Strikes Back. Spoiler alert. But 
in the Return of the Jedi, when Luke is fighting Darth Vader and Luke beats Darth Vader and he's on the ground Wait, and he's what? defenseless, and the Emperor says, you know, finish him and take you know his side by my, you know take his place by my side, yada yada yada, and and Luke refuses. I'm not going to fight my father. And he throws away his lightsaber and the Emperor starts hitting him with the lightning. And Luke is pleading, Father, please. And Darth Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him down. And he saves Luke. Sacrificing himself. Now, is, is Darth Vader now a hero? Yes. And, and so, the same with John McCain. Well, he, that's a redemption. That's the whole redemption. Okay. Now, if you ask all the people whose John McCain has hurt over the last 40 years as a senator and all the awful things he's done and said about Obama and helling back legislation and whatever— because he stepped up to the plate on this, does it make him a hero? Now, why don't we ask all the people on Alderaan if Darth Vader is a hero? Because this is what they would say. This is what they would say. Yeah, you can't make an omelet without breaking some few <laughs> eggs. So, so everybody on Alderaan is dead. And, and if, if you guys, I get it. That. So, but but seriously, so yes, John McCain, thank you for stepping up. Thank you for fighting bravery. But again, you know, and and I wouldn't. Consider myself what Rush Limbaugh would call a feminazi. When you tell jokes like, what do you tell a woman with two black eyes? Nothing you told her twice. You're not really going to... Wait, <laughs> hold for laughter, asshole. You're not ever going to be championed as a, uh, as a woman's rights leader. Right. But, on the other hand, it's like, I am. I'm, I, I don't understand why John McCain gets all the, you know, he's great, he saved this. When the other two women who voted against the repeal, you don't hear anything about. And at the same time, Senator Mazzy Heron, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, the senator from Hawaii, she she has stage four stomach cancer. And when she gave her speech from the floor, she pointed out how many GOP members, when she was diagnosed and has been fighting her cancer, have been sending her these great wishes and have been very supportive of her. And she says, I want you to support the American people as much as you have me. I appreciate the outpouring from my friends here at the Senate, talking to the people from the GOP who have sent her handwritten letters and have called her and have been, I mean, they, they're friends. I mean, yep. and she has thanked them for the support of her battling with this. But when people talk about John McCain being brave and taking a three and a half hour flight from Phoenix to Washington, she has to fly in from Hawaii, which, if you don't know your geography, is a lot further away from D.C. than Phoenix is. And again, it's great that McCain did this, but why aren't we putting this woman on a pedestal for making the flight there to vote? Why aren't we talking about her fighting cancer? Honestly, because John, John McCain ran for president, and he's more, knowledge, he's more known to the public. Um, he's a war hero, and he's, he's got uh, testes. Does, does um, him voting to not repeal, make up for Sarah Palin, who would have been a complete unknown on Nothing our landscape. Nothing up for Sarah Palin. Sorry, dude. Okay. So let's go on and talk about something something more happier, so, something we can all appreciate. The mooch. Right? Is that what we're talking about here? We're talking... Oh. I'm not even going to try. That's oh. perfect. Oh, we're going to talk about the mooch. Let's go for it. Come on. Uh, and again, it's like Seth Meyers said, and I heard he said it, but it's worth repeating. The human embodiment of a pinky ring. Yeah. So he, he goes on all the talks. First of all, he's the communications director, I think is his official oh, title. He's the chief of communication for the White House. Yeah. But he goes on, he calls up and he does an interview with the New York Times, which... Is on tape, and he knows it. He called them, and he blasts Rice Previous. He says all these horrible things, and then turns around and blames them. Shouldn't the guy who's head of communication know when he's speaking on the record? Especially if the phone call was made from him to them versus the other way. He shared some of the blame, because in his follow-up tweet, he said, uh, that goes to show uh, that you can't trust a reporter. I won't make that mistake again. Yeah, I can't trust a reporter that I called, <laughs> yeah. that, that I gave an interview for. How dare that reporter actually report what he said and play it back? <laughs> yeah, right. You know, And some of the things that he said weren't all about Reince Priebus. You heard about what he said about Steve Bannon and what he thought of him. Which, and everybody said this, not breaking news, but truly, the White House is being run. Like The Apprentice. This is the worst, longest-running episode of The Apprentice. It's it's who can stab the other one in the back more to impress. And, and, and 
that's what came out. Like Trump may previous resign, not because he didn't think he was going to do a good job. He was upset the previous didn't fight back against the Mooch. He wanted the fighting to continue. And so so Mooch this week goes on, you know, the talk shows in which he he takes the president's side saying we're still the president is still not sure if Russia meddled in the election. And if Russia did meddle in the election, the White House official point of view is how do we know they didn't meddle to help Hillary is, is the line that they're taking. And what everybody missed this week is that the Senate voted 98 to 2, 98 to 2 to have harder sanctions against, against Russia for this hacking. And the only two who didn't vote for it, you know, when you hear it, it's, it's shocking. It's, it's Rand Paul and Senator um, Bernie Sanders, who the only reason he didn't vote for it is the sanctions also, they're bundling it all together like they do. Harder sanctions on North Korea, Russia, and and. Iran and Bernie Sanders is like Iran's complying with the agreement and if we put harder sanctions on them they're going to pull out of the nuclear agreement he didn't want sanctions against Iran to be rolled into it so that's the only reason and the same thing in the house 419 to 3 i mean so so truly i mean those are those are numbers that the patriots couldn't come back right. up against but seriously so that's going to be an interesting week it's like and of course it doesn't get reported that that you know staggering only one gop person doesn't vote for harder sanctions against russia so how does the white house when when the bill gets to trump is he going to sign for these harder sanctions against his boyfriend putin or is he going to veto it which then goes back to the senate and you have to have a two-thirds majority to override a veto which means 66 votes here look me throwing out numbers stat junkie yeah i mean well that's another thing that uh trump is trying to rally toward is getting rid of the 60 votes needed to pass to pass legislation in the senate you know he wants to have republicans champion a 51 you know basically a 51 to 49 majority being the 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 bare minimum to pass legislation which completely goes against the constitution exactly the what Right, exactly. You know that 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 the Constitution, which they all love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Constitution. What do you want? You want to <laughs> you want to fight about it? I'm going to take a big Constitution oh. right now. Oh yeah. Um, and and and, and in lighter uh, White House news, Joe, did you see um, Huckabee Sanders give her speech this week? we making the mistake of wearing a uh, solid green sweater. Total rookie move. I mean, first of all. If this was black and white TV and you're wearing a plaid jacket, so I'm going back 50 years. Um, but the but the fact that you know um, this is a thing called green screening, which is how every movie's made in the last 30 years. Uh, and if you Google it, some great creative people have uh, green screen. I'm just thankful that nobody has uh, done a not safe for work version of that because she was wearing an all green blouse and she's a lady. <laughs> Arguably. Right. The jury's out on oh that. Oh, my. Uh, I don't agree with that statement. Go on. <laughs> well, I just want to make I'm sure. like the Boy Scouts leader. I'm like distancing myself. You're from gay? G- yeah. <laughs> Dude, how many podcasts? <laughs> All right. So completely moving on from that. Um, is it wrong to love Siri as much as I do, Joe? Yeah. Yes, it is. it is. Yeah, big time. So when the Batman movie came, uh, the Lego Batman movie came out, what was what was awesome about Siri? Pewter. And now this past week, if you said into Siri, I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango, Thunderbolt and Lightning? Very, very frightening me. Galileo, Galileo, mm-hmm. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro Magnifico. I'm just a poor assistant. Nobody loves me. It's just a poor assistant from a poor family. Spirit its life from this monstrosity. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? Bismillah. No, we will not let you go. Let it go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let it go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let me go. Will not let you go. Let me go. Never, never let you go. Never let me go. Oh, no, 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 no. So, so tell me, I will ask a question again. Is it wrong for me to love Siri this much? Yeah, you might have a point there. <laughs> so, although, by the way, um, I wouldn't put her on American Idol anytime soon. 
<laughs> Little pitchy dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, so that brings us, uh, you know, I, I, I was going to dive right into the Pat's talk. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But my first question is, Joe, why, why are athletes, and in this case, NFL players all broke after a couple years after retiring? Not all. Why are most broke after retiring? Because they're idiots. Yeah. And you heard about the um, the amazing wide receiver, the $11 million a year wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. No. Julio Jones oh, yeah. goes jet skiing this weekend. You know Julio Jones. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he didn't win the Super Bowl. I remember. He almost okay. he, he almost, almost won. Because yeah. they were up 28-3 to that, three yeah. with two minutes and eight seconds and left he, in the third quarter. He had quarter. a beauty of a catch. He, you know, he had, he, he's a stud. I mean, he's a flat-out stud. He goes jet skiing, and he loses his um, – sit down. He loses – I didn't want you to follow when I said this – his $100,000 earring. First of all, why do you own a $100,000 earring? Second of all, why did you think it was a good idea jet skiing? And third, did you really think when you hired a dive team, thousands of dollars to go and retrieve it, and they come back up and say, it's a lot darker down there than we thought it was going to be. There's no way we can find it. First of all, where did you find a dive team who was stunned by how dark it is at the bottom of a gigantic lake and uh, but but seriously why do you have a hundred thousand dollar earring now again he's making 11 million dollars this year so in, in retrospect maybe a hundred grand isn't that much money to him but if these are the the financial decisions you're making that's like me taking my playstation with me to go uh skiing <laughs> it's just like <laughs> You know? This is a really good idea. Yeah, you know, it's uh, like you know, it's one, it's a percentage of my salary that I really like and enjoy, and yeah, you know, just take it with me. Uh, <laughs> just randomly, you know, uh, lose or get damaged. So again, when we've talked about the you know a Netflix pick of the week, if you go and you see the thirty for thirty called Broke, it was a two part thing that ESPN did about athletes. How I don't want to throw out a number, but it's close. Like ninety percent of professional athletes go bankrupt within five years of retiring. Is that on Netflix? I think it's on. They have a lot of thirty for thirties. They cycle out. Oh, but, okay. but you or you can find it on YouTube. They're all oh, on YouTube. Okay. But it's called Broke, and, and truly, it's heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching how many of these guys because the careers are only two or three years long. But how many of these guys make tens? And you can look. It's all sports. But come on, a hundred thousand dollar earring, jet skiing, bad idea. So that so if you ask Julio Jones, what was a worse loss, the hundred thousand dollar earring or the Super Bowl? What do you think he'd say? Yeah. Um. Uh, so, moving ahead in sports, this is the FNH Breakdown of the Week recap of this Friday night hockey out of, out of Selmar, California. Oh, actually, I said Selmar. Simi Valley, Valencia. Um, Joe's looking at me like, are you really doing this, you idiot? And I am only because uh, it's a hockey league I played in over 20 years. The guy, Paul Laguar, who runs it, is pushing down. He's still playing. But this past week, I got a lot of people sending me the pictures because one of my buddies who makes the mistake of listening to the podcast, All-Star Tommy, brought in a Bluetooth speaker and streamed the podcast in the locker room um, so people would you know, not miss me as much. Uh, not that they miss me at all. But by streaming that... It quadrupled our listenership. Wow. <laughs> so more people, I think, heard us uh, at FNH Hockey. So uh, to say thank you to to Biff and All-Star Tommy, uh, you know, Stuber, Thriller, Al the Jew, the, the, you know, of course, our friend, you know, Cohen, who, who texts me all the time, which is great. Thank you guys for listening. So here's a recap. Apparently this Friday, Biff had new equipment. He got a new glove, which... I'm confused because the old one could not have been close to being worn out. Uh-huh. His his glove is hardly used. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, nothing. He's going it. over Joe's head. See, I get it. He's, he's not, not very good. good. I, no, get it. He's, I get it. I got it. No, no, it's just not funny. <laughs> Don't worry. I got the joke. So, so he's really great. Uh, uh, allegedly, Taylor was a no-show. Now, it's debated with being a no-show means he, he wasn't on the list and he didn't play, or he was just his normal no-show self on the ice. And uh, for the three people who get this, I guess Stuber 
pulled a uh, a Bill Orr this week. Um, okay, moving on from things that nobody else but four people listening know about. Patriots open camp this week, Joe. What are your thoughts? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to get out of the esoteric zone. Like, like, like am I involved in this conversation? No, now? no, oh, okay, no, not at all. I'm no. gonna go get a sandwich. But, you want but, but I thought it was hilarious that like they they literally brought us into literally no dang he uh, brought us into the locker room and streamed us on Friday night. So this is this is just to say uh, thank you for the few people who are listening. Thank you for streaming our show. But uh, but Patriots open camp this week. What are your thoughts? I don't have any. Next. Come on. No, I, I don't want, dude, I don't watch it. I don't know. See, I, Joe has a life. He no, I a- have no life, and I stare at the wall instead of watching Patriot stuff. <laughs> like, especially off season, preseason. It's Patriots. not off season anymore. Pre-season. It's not off season. Preseason. There is stuff. no off season, dude. Um, <laughs> there is no off season. Uh, healthy Gronk in camp. Big news. Yay. Um, oh, uh, who didn't show up for camp for a couple of days? Well, well, Rob Nikovic. Oh, that was a Nikovic. Uh, oh, yeah. so, oh, so I blanked out when you were mentioning Rob Nikovic earlier. Yeah, so so he didn't announce his retirement. And honestly, oh, okay. a, a, you know, anybody outside of this market may or may not know this. Um, camp opens on Thursday. 20,000 people were lined up at 6 o'clock in the morning to get into camp. 20,000 fans who get as close as like 300 yards to the field. And so Nikovic wasn't there the first three days, today being day three. But after two days, people are like, well, is he hurt? He's not on the injury report. And truly, it came out. He kind of didn't want to rain on the parade of opening of camp. And he, he announced his retirement today in a really classy way. Yeah, well, that is classy. Um, you know, and, and I, I had text a bunch of a bunch of pats fans it's like you know i'm pushing 50 and i'm listening to his retirement speech getting teary-eyed is it am i that biased am i that much and then when i was driving here listening to uh, you know their, their sports station the patriot sports station the announcer was saying yeah the, the office got awful dusty <laughs> at one point you know especially when he started to tear up but it's one of those things where uh i've been asked by listeners to not talk too much in the weeds about the Patriots. But one of the things I – it happens in all sports, but the Patriots that I love is uh, when they take diamonds in the rough. And I don't just mean taking Brady the last pick of the seventh round. That That is beyond crazy. But Wes Welker was on the Miami Dolphins. And three years in a row, he was only given a one-year league minimum with incentive contracts to come back. He could never even get a two-year contract out of Miami. He comes here, and he has uh, seven years, six or seven years, in which he led the league in receptions. Same thing. The person... uh, Mike Vrabel, who wore number 50 before Nikovich, he was on the practice squad of the Steelers for three seasons. He was good enough to make the practice squad, could not make the 45-man game roster for three seasons. Always a bridesmaid. Belichick takes him, and he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I mean, he has he has more uh, receptions than 95% of the people in the league, because seven times the Patriots were in that play where he was announced as an eligible receiver lined up on the line. Nobody covers him, and he <laughs> completely, like, more alone than me on prom night, you know. Uh, and I think he's 11 for 11 with being targeted and catches, and even Randy Moss can't touch those accuracy numbers. But he was on it. And the same thing, Nikovich was drafted by uh, Sean Payton in the Saints and cut by that team twice. Then he gets picked up by Miami, and he was cut from Miami twice. Now, the last time Miami cut him, Miami finished the season 1-15. He was not good enough to make a 1-15 Miami Dolphins. He comes to New England, and in the last eight seasons with New England, has led the NFL, not the team, has led the NFL in fumble recoveries. I mean, you know, he's one of these, like, he's not a big stat guy, but he's been consistent and he's played so many. He's been one of those guys. He's kind of like the Edelman on defense where, you know, he's the second guy, the long snapper. But if you need him to play inside linebacker, he's played. You need him to play outside, he's played. You need him to jump up and play on the line if somebody gets hurt. I mean, he's played almost every defensive position you can. He's been on the special teams the whole time. Uh, he announced his retirement. I uh, I tear it up like a little schoolgirl who skinned her knee. Uh, is that sexist? Yes. Okay. So I tear it up like a little schoolboy who skinned his knee. Trying, trying, trying. I'm trying. Joe's trying to make me uh, a better. I'm just marveling at how Belichick can make all these kind of second and third rate players such amazing cheaters. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, well, hey, we, you know. Does he teach him, like, how to, like, you know, does he teach him how to, like, spy on other people? Oh, on seriously. The teams? It, like, you know, how does he teach him how to work the, the, the secret camera? Does he, you know? You know what? I mean, it. it but a magician never reveals a secret. Right, exactly. So, so yes, Belichick takes these non-cheaters, brings them here, teaches them how to cheat, and makes right. them Here's how to count cards, kids. <laughs> By the way, I can detect your fake laughter. It's basically any laughter, <laughs> any, any laughter after every joke. No, no. Um, I laugh all the time. As management will point out, nobody laughs at their own jokes more than I do. And it's sad. You're your much... own best audience. I really, really am. Uh, thanks for all the likes, by the way, on our Facebook page. I'm just assuming that all those likes are from you. No, oh, okay. no. I mean, okay, most of them. <laughs> no, but all again, all of Tracy's friends who have jumped on, the yes, FNH guys FNH. and stuff like that. You have a bunch of loyal friends who I listen. I do have some loyal friends on Facebook. That uh, Thank you for continuing to support our podcast. I assume you're still listening. No, but, you know, I Joe has dragged me kicking and screaming into the digital age. I'm now on Twitter. I got my first uh, retweet uh, today from somebody I don't know. Uh, is it wrong that it gave me an erection? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. That's like the intended uh, response, by the way. Okay, so so I got, I got one retweet. So I was very excited about that. But now you can reach both Joe and I on Twitter. Yes. The Jacques Four. I'm at OptiGrabber. Thank you all for that. But again, Joe, this computer, these mics, that mixing board, they don't pay for themselves, Joe. But they said they would. <laughs> we, we cheap skates. So 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 please stay tuned through the advertisement. But we these things don't pay for themselves. So we now cut to our defunct sponsor of the week, who we thank immensely. WBCN. I'm Charles Laquadera in the middle of ten in a row. Coming up, we're going to play Michigas, where you could win lots of great prizes. There's only one reason for a rock musician to wake up early in the morning. It's because he's nuts. That's why I listen to Charles Laquadera on the way to my therapist. <laughs> Sports and weather, news and concert reports, and a whole lot more on 104. I'm Charles Laquadera, and you're on the big mattress. Early morning, six to ten on WBCN. More music, more fun. Again, Joe, with your marketing and, and your tireless making phone calls to bring these sponsors on board to pay for all this gear, I, I truly appreciate it. I'm like the Don Draper of shit. <laughs> I, w- I was going to go Herb Tarlick, but you know, you know, I, I think I think both of us have more of a Herb Tarlick than a uh, uh, yeah, than a John Ham. I'm more Herb than Ham. Yeah. Uh, which which by the way, John Ham uh, is in Baby Driver, and he is fucking awesome and if anyone has ever seen the michael buble john ham ham and bubbly skit on saturday night live john ham goes pretty fucking dark in that yeah oh uh, check out uh wet hot american summer uh first day of camp he john ham has uh, the netflix series yeah 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 he's he has like a nice dark moment in that he he has a fun role in, in baby driver towards one point where it's like I don't want to owe money. I don't want to see this guy. I mean, but but he will never be as dark as he was in uh, the Ham and Bubbly skit, which look for it uh, on YouTube or somewhere. It is. It's probably my favorite. One of my favorite SNL things, probably ever. Joe, phone numbers. Phone numbers, Joe. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Thank you. Good night. Uh, that is one of the few numbers I can remember. Joe and I had a had a talk this week about phone numbers and not being able to remember phone numbers. And I was trying to think, how many phone numbers do I remember? And then I had to think, how many phone numbers do I do I know off the top of my head of people who are alive? Because <laughs> I can re- I remember my grandparents' phone numbers. They've been dead for 25 years. I remember the phone number of the house I grew up on that we moved out of in 84. Uh, my parents have the same phone number since then. So I remember my parents' number. I remember management's number, uh, and I was trying to think how many other phone numbers I remember, and I think maybe four or five. I've used uh, old phone numbers for, like, my iPhone passkey. You know, like, just friends' phone numbers growing up, like, you know, I just use that as sort of my passkey because I remember them so well. You know, when you have a, a phone growing up, I didn't have rotary phones. I'm not that old. Now, Jacques probably had the we old. Did. Yeah, you had the old, uh, the one that Jimmy Stewart spoke into in It's a Wonderful Life. You, you had to hit the receiver three or four times. <laughs> Hello, operator. <laughs> yeah, give me Montgomery 625, please. 
Um, I think most of the people listening to this podcast is over 40, and they remember having to, with just from rote memorization, typing in all the numbers on their touchtone phones, you know, to call their friends and those 900 numbers. Oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to say that. Remember 900 numbers? Remember, remember chat lines. Oh, yeah. The, 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 party lines. Party lines, right. Yeah. But the 900 numbers. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, we all know somebody. And I swear when I say it wasn't me, but we all have a friend who made those phone calls and didn't realize their parent was going to get like a several hundred dollar phone bill. Right. Yeah, those are fantastic. I did not make those phone calls, although I did take advantage of the late night commercials. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. No uh, cable for this kid. See, yeah. For those of us who grew up with Sears Catalog, the next step in our in our sexual development was the late night. And then the Ladies of Glow. Oh, yeah. But... Which, by the way, my Netflix pick of the week... <laughs> Joe, I don't know if we've gone over this, but seriously, when I was thinking about phone numbers, so management and I have two, uh, you know, demon C children, and they they know our numbers. She put it into song form, which was pretty smart. I don't think they will ever know another number, because in their life, they'll never have to grow up. And again, uh, you know, the guy I mentioned earlier, Paul Laguar, who runs the hockey thing, I called him every week to you know, make sure I was on the list for over a decade. So you would remember his number. My friend John, I would call at the office a lot. But honestly, I think four or five phone numbers I remember, and then I remember maybe 10 phone numbers of either dead people or my old number growing up. But of course, 8675309 will be – I think I'm going to put that on my grave still. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> no. But 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 so besides phone numbers – That's a funny-looking year. <laughs> Uh, yes, but the one person who goes to visit there, you know, you know like they're ever going to find my body. Let's, right. let's be serious. When management, you know, finally gets their shit together and I go away, uh, no one's ever going to find the body. Um, but that does. It, 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 you know, does that beg the question, is technology making us dumb? Yes, I think technology is. And again, with, with AI taking over, thank you, MIT. Yeah. Now, you know whose fault it really is? Thanks, Obama. Oh, Obama. Okay. <laughs> Thought you were going with an ethnicity. So, <laughs> You think I'm blaming the Portuguese for technological yeah. inventions? Yeah, exactly. Right. Whenever there's a new technology, whenever new technology gets introduced, we always ask the question, oh, are we being dumbified and are we losing skills? Yeah. Because think about it. Your washing machine breaks, right? Can you wash your own fucking clothes? God, no. No, right. seriously. Can you? I mean, a lot of people don't even hand wash dishes. Right. You know, like, what are you supposed to do when these machines break down? But yet, these machines have been in our in our lives for the past 70 years, 60 years. Not, I mean, I'm obviously not 60 years old. No, I could wash a dish, but honestly, I would have to go buy new clothes. <laughs> like, every week, week and a half. It would be I like Idiocracy, that movie, where, like, they'd have, they have disposable clothes that just come out of a dispenser, like napkins. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Wait. That was a movie, not a documentary. <laughs> I, I really thought it was a documentary. But the, I mean, that, that's the thing is that, like, yeah, technology, it, with the advent of new technology, skills like sewing, cursive writing. Cursive. And some, most schools have phased out of it. Some schools now consider it a foreign language elective. Wow. So to meet your requirement to get out of high school, you can take cursive writing. I signed my name with an X. <laughs> and I thought about that. I thought... Other than my signing my name, when else, when's the last time I've used cursive? I, I have an aunt who's 95 and a four-time cancer survivor. And when I was in L.A., it was maybe about 15 years ago, I wrote her a letter. You know, just because it's nice to get mail that isn't a bill. So I periodically will write people letters just because it's nice to get a piece of mail. I don't think, – think to yourself, what's the last time you got a piece of mail that wasn't like a flyer advertisement? <laughs> I don't notice. Thank you, Joe. We break thumbs. So she wrote back to me, and when I say I, I wanted to frame the letter and put it on the wall, not because of the content, which was sweet and wonderful, it was art. I mean, her penmanship, her writing was so poetic, and, and just the way that it flowed and it looked, and she came from an era where that was a real, crucial, important thing. But but it, like Latin, this is now a dead language, or Aramaic. Yeah. I think more people speak Aramaic on this planet than can write in cursive. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, they, I think, yeah, new technology, like, yeah, we won't be able to have remember phone numbers. You know, do you think 20 years from now, we'll be like, my, you know, our kids would be like, dude, 
Do you even know your parents' email address? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, you just you know blink in a certain way, or like you tap your head two times. Right, no, and- or you just type it into your phone, and then you never have to retype it in ever again. And, it's, and I say phone because I'm old. Because in the in the future, right, it's not going to be phones. It's going to be something else. And it, and it is. It's crazy to think about. Like as soon as a new technology comes out, how much, how quickly we forget how life worked before then right it's like back to the future where the kids play the uh you know when michael j fox goes up to the cafe 80s wild gunman and he 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 tries to impress the kids with his uh skills at wild gunman and then the kids go you mean you got to use your hands (laughs) that's like a baby's toy But it is. It's because we've joked, like, you know, my kids have done, like, you know, jujitsu. They do jujitsu. Um, you know, the oldest one took archery, and we joked about him training him for the Asangipa. We're leaving the house today to come over here. And the little guy, there was a screwdriver out on the bench, you know, going out the back door, and he picked it up. And Joe, it's fucked up. He looks at me and goes, Papa, this be great. I mean, he didn't know it's a screwdriver and what it's meant for. He picks it up and says, this be great in the zombie apocalypse because you can stab him in the head and it doesn't run out of, like, ammo. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh, fucking A. He get." He gets it. Oh, God, what the hell? What, am, what are we doing wrong other than taking him to Baby baby Driver? Oh, no, but baby Driver is like Sesame Street compared to Resident Evil 7. I mean, come on, dude. Come on, dude. Are, are, are you judging me? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't blame you because somebody has to. Because, you know, we, we met a friend outside the theater when we went to Baby Driver yesterday. And, and the little guy looks at her and goes, this is my first rated R movie. All jacked up. And I'm like, you know, can you say it a little louder? I don't think everyone's called DSS on right. us yet. Yeah. You know, and again, you know, you can't see a preview without knowing there's a car crash or two. And the car crashes. It's on fire. It's car goes over it's completely on fire little guy goes time to blow out the candles he's like <laughs> completely unfazed by this and he's just time to blow out the candles wow. and you know over the laughter of the people around us including management and i there's also a knowing look between management and i it's like what the fuck are we doing how have we got to this point where he's that unfazed i remember our, our friend jim on the who's had done the podcast a couple of times he I jim jim is on podcast so i remember when uh, jim's dad when he was like I forget when the movie came out. I guess when he was like 10, maybe like 87. Remember the movie Action Jackson? Yes. He took him to see Action Jackson when he was like 10 years Starting old. Starting to explain <laughs> Things are starting to come into focus now. Right. Um, but hey, in all fairness, my mother took me to see Song of the South. So... <laughs> Oh, you know. Uh, Google that. <laughs> Literally, we're we're trying to back away from my overt racism. I'm so. not kidding, by the way. Song of the South was re-released in 1986 in theaters, and my mother took us to see Song of the South because it had that great song in it. It it, it truly did. It wow, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, not uh, that long ago. So anyway, so yeah, the technology is making us dumb. Uh, Jacques making his kids uh, psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> up a screwdriver and goes this be great in all honesty he's literally looking around the room for the quickest way to kill zombies at least he knows where the jugular is you know like that's at least you're teaching him oh well he knows that body shots don't do anything that you they have to be to the head you know above you know right right into the brain yeah yeah exactly exactly through the nose so is that good parenting come on It is. Because let's face it, uh, one comedy show I was watching, and here comes the Trump impression, and he's introduced, coming to the podium, the 45th and last president. That's the president show, yeah. Uh, Anthony Atamanik. Oh, did you see the la- did you see the last episode? I wish it wasn't that funny. Um, when, uh, well, I wish it was funny and, and not. It, right, you wish it was, yeah, it wasn't reality. Uh, the last, it's a little shout out to the president show, which follows the daily show on Thursday nights on Comedy Central. Uh, the la- Larry Wilmore? No, oh, something happened, I don't know what happened racism's over uh, yeah exactly um the last episode of the president show it always starts off with a press conference and the, and anthony atamanek the comedian who, who does the impersonation of trump comes out and he gives a little press spiel and he introduces his new white house chief of communication anthony scaramucci and who walks out mario cantone that's awesome. And it's great. It's fantastic. It's like almost like Bernie Sanders being played by me. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Bernie Sanders. Yes. No, shut up. Being being played by uh, Larry David. Like it's that perfect. Anyways, is it time for some sort of review? Yeah. Well, you know, I, oh. I you know, oh, I'm I, sorry. I'm jumping the gun. I'm, I, I, I've talked my sports. 
specifically my sports with F and H. I've talked Patriots, Julio Jones. Now let's nerd it up a bit. Now that we got the cool, tough guy. Yeah. It's time to nerd it up with the video game review of the week. We're back in my humble abode. Uh, Jacques going to bump the table and then bump and grind his way over to the shelf of misery. He's going to pull a random Nintendo Entertainment System game off the shelf in which I'm going to try to guess, based on the gap left on the wall, what of my 275 Nintendo Entertainment System games he wants me to randomly review this week. And it looks as though we're looking somewhere in the S's. And I'm going to say... Shadowgate? Want to give it one more? Oh, uh, no, I give up. I'm sorry. I forget. Oh, it's a new game. Oh, I just picked this up about a month ago. Solar Jetman, Hunt for the Golden Warship. This is a Trade West game. Of course, I don't have to explain to you who Trade West is and why they're relevant in the Nintendo Entertainment System saga, but they, um, Solar Jetman's a game that was, um, I think it actually was uh, programmed by Rare. Uh, which is a software company that went on to produce like GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64 and Donkey Kong Country and all those great games. And then eventually Microsoft bought them out and ruined them. But um, Solar Jetman, I just played it actually about a month ago or less than a month ago. It's a f- fine game. It's got it's a you're this little guy who or you go into a spaceship and you have to uh, propel your spaceship using like real physics in the game you know um trying to traverse through these caverns to collect pieces of another ship or something like that and you have to put them together and it's it's difficult and you have to battle you know um there's anti-aircraft stuff that you have to shoot down and um you know it's a very entertaining game and you know it's a I don't know. It's probably boring for most of you. And I'm starting to realize that all the things that I talk about are not interesting to any of you. I mean, I've realized that very is not true. I've realized that I am very much alone in this universe when it comes to uh, well, wait till I get to my uh, Netflix review of the week, but uh yeah, this is all like very esoteric. It, oh, it means only something to me and me alone. And most of you have grown up You've gone on to have, um, you know, fruitful lives. You've had sexual relations with more than one person. You've, um, you've experienced life. You, you're worried about your mortgage. You're worried about, um, you know, making a living or uh, socking away money for a retirement. These jo- things are all Joe, foreign. don't get on that chair. These things Joe, are... Joe, take that noose <laughs> off your neck. <laughs> no, it's always Joe. been there. It's always been there. You know that. You're telling me that Robert... Our friend from the arcade episodes isn't at home wondering which game I pick up. No, he calls me a nerd. <laughs> he says, well, look at that dork. The guy who collects video <laughs> okay, games. But he's cool because he, because he's, you know, he can, because he owns his own home, you see. I don't do that. I collect video games and I, I sock things away in my rented basement. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll save this. Uh, this re- is one of my favorite bits. Do not take this from me. I, one of the reasons I make this incredulous <laughs> journey all the way here. All the way from I'm swearing, where you live. Yeah, yeah, where I live now. Uh, 30 minute drive. Uh, I make that journey here. You, you say 30 minutes. I have the two little bastards in the back <laughs> screaming at each other. It might be 30 minutes to you. Right. It's 30 minutes to the gates of hell for me. And my favorite thing, it, one of my two favorite things, is the video game review of the week. So it's not going anywhere. Okay. And you know my other favorite thing that you badgered me not to badger you about, so we're skipping past that. This is all I have, Joe. Oh, okay. This is all I have now. Fine. How much? Um, it's a cart only. It's in decent shape. I'm going to guess that it's eight dollars. Uh, I I can find it as low as five ninety nine. Oh, you're in the wow. wheelhouse. Yeah, who I knows pay, what shipping is? I I, I didn't pay eight dollars for. It. I think I bought six for twenty. So you know, I got a pretty decent deal. I, you know what? I should have known what it cost because I just recently bought it and it was compared to eBay prices. So you know, that goes to show you how disorganized and how thoughtless I am when it, in regards to this podcast. Before you uh, jump off the chair, <laughs> the news. Why don't you give us your uh, maybe your last? Uh, right. Your your last. Netflix, Redbox, Amazon Prime pick of the week. It is Amazon Prime. My pick of the week, um, again, this is, and I actually put this on my Facebook page, is something that would only be attractive to people who are like-minded or clones of myself. It's called the video game years. It's literally a retrospective on old video games. It's done by a, a group of guys under the banner of, named RetroWare. 
TV, and they do. They're basically YouTube YouTubers, and it started off as a YouTube series that now is just they've taken all their YouTube segments, put them together. I'm selling this poorly, of course, because I don't prepare for this podcast and I don't speak well extemporaneously. But let me try again. The video game years on Netflix on on Amazon Prime is a retrospective. It's kind of like I love the '80s on VH1. Um, if you remember that series where they go through each year from 1980 through 1989, and they just talk about all of the um, video game-related um, events in each year. And it's their hour-long episodes, and, you know, I think it's, it's well-produced for a bunch of guys who lost money on this production. They, you know, they don't make a dime off of it. But um, I think it's worth watching, and, um, you know, and most like I know nobody's going to go watch it, but i got to fill time here. You, know, you see... Um Hold on, let me let me move that rain cloud a little over the side. <laughs> You're getting water on the mic. Oh Joe. no! Uh, no, because you've sent me a bunch of YouTube clips because I've asked him about certain video game things, and there's some people that Joe's like, oh, this one game historian, you know, blah blah blah, and you look at it, it's like you know, hundreds of thousands of hits, sometimes millions of hits, and now if look, Amazon Prime is in the. Uh, the business of making money. Yeah. So, so they're not putting things on there that they think is going to lose them customers. So I, I think this niche market of yours isn't as niche. You you drive to Connecticut every year. Life's for, a niche, ain't it? For the CEO. <laughs> Shut up, Joe. There's, there's the T-shirt right there. There's uh, the T-shirt. No, but you said, yeah, hey, I drove hundreds of miles to play arcade games right. like once a year. Yeah, I mean, that, it, 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 I know. Uh, my, my Redbox pick of the week what might surprise it? you. The new Power Ranger movie. Oh, with Brian Cranston. Yeah. It's... um. It's fucking awful. Ah. <laughs> and I recommend it because it was a dollar something and, and you know, the little guys liked it. Um, and I sat there watching. And, and granted, I'm a little older for the Power Ranger when those came out and stuff like that. And, and look, I, I like the campiness, cheesiness. I think, you know, it's funny and all this stuff. But that movie is just awful. And Hot it, trash. And it, and it is. It's one of those things. It's like I, I haven't gone to see, you know, Box Office Mojo to see how much it made. But I'm sitting there thinking... Thank fucking God I didn't pay $8 per little bastard and myself to go see this. And, you know, because the ticket price and then, you know, all, all the, you know, the popcorn and the ices and all that crap. I mean, if I had paid $50 for dinner, I'd be standing on that chair <laughs> wrestling you for that noose right now. So uh, I think the best thing about that movie was the promotion where Brian Cranston came out on the Stephen Colbert show. In full Red Ranger costume. Yeah, no, I mean he's he, he, and there was one funny line, you know, you know, in it that I've repeated with the boys a couple times, and so I didn't completely feel cheated out of the ninety minutes of my life, and I'm very thankful to the Red Box gods or God. I don't, I don't know how that that <laughs> machine operates, uh, but I'm very thankful for it for uh, only costing me a buck something. You know, lastly, lastly on the uh, the list, we wanted to plug this week's uh, sideshow coming up our friend dave um who has his band the rationales who is one of my favorite bands not one of my favorite local bands or boston bands or bands i know one of my favorite bands they are playing this thursday night middle east cafe in cambridge eight o'clock truly it's they're a really great band they're fun guys really really great band they're having their cd release this thursday middle east cafe cambridge mass but there's been a couple times where you know dan and i decided hey we need somebody who can really play an instrument well and so for the past like you know decade he's sat in on almost all the boston shows that we've had and like the last time dan and i played out his band played with us i think we used their gear too and so not only did they let us use their gear and um and play the show with us you know we we had on the bill together and then dave sat on us but dave is coming on this thursday sideshow he's a great guest he plays live thank you dave for coming and um and, uh, yeah, and it's not just Dave. He's Dave Mirabella. I know his last name. Oh, do we not know last names here? Yeah, you can do. I mean, I mean, he's coming to promote his show and his album, uh, so it's okay to check out Dave Mirabella, therationales.com. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. Um, Is, what, what? Jacques, I wanted to tell you something. Just before we sign off, I want you to. Uh, oh, uh, don't forget. <laughs>